Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Exodus how Moses said God's name would be a memorial forever and how that applies to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, Tom Cantor wants to encourage you to witness to your lost Jewish friend, Jewish doctor, Jewish business owner, or a Jewish neighbor, someone that you know that's Jewish, whether they're practicing in their particular faith or not, Tom wants to send you not only a free gift of his life story on DVD and a booklet to help you reach your lost Jewish friend, but Tom Cantor also wants to personally pray for your lost Jewish friend that needs to be reached. Now, we want to send you the free gift, but we also want to hear about the name that needs to be prayed for whom you're trying to reach. So you can go online to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Fill out the online free gift form. And then also in the prayer section or in the notes section of that free gift form that you fill out, put in the name of the Jewish person that it's going to be delivered to or that you're trying to send it to. We'll see that in the notes section. And we will pray for that person, especially Tom Cantor. He wants that name. He wants to pray over that before they receive that gospel gift into their hands. So again, go to friendshipwithgod.org. Fill out the online form. It's a free gift to lost Jewish people only. Free gift to lost Jewish people. Friendshipwithgod.org. Fill out that online form and include your friend's Jewish name that we can pray for. Tom Cantor really wants to pray that God will reach them with the gospel, especially with his life story on DVD and in booklet form. We're going to give that to you for free. Now, we also have a lot of free teaching resources and materials and videos and booklets and PDF downloads all for free at friendshipwithgod.org, including today's message and previous messages, all available for free listening, free download. Go to friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find the podcast of Friendship with God on iTunes. Just type in Tom Cantor or Friendship with God and subscribe to the Friendship with God podcast. So again, we're on iTunes or go to friendshipwithgod.org for all these free resources that are available for you. Now also on our website at friendshipwithgod.org, you can sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. That'll come directly to your phone or email that you've got set up. So go to friendshipwithgod.org, sign up on our website, receive that free Tom Cantor daily devotional verse. And you can also sign up for our Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries newsletter right on our website at friendshipwithgod.org. You can hear about wonderful testimonies of lost Jewish people receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. So go to friendshipwithgod.org, sign up for our newsletter. Now here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching lesson. We walk away, we scratch our heads, and we ask ourselves the question, why? Why did God choose for his name to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? And the reason we ask the question is because when we take a little time, we sit there and we take a little time, we go back to Genesis, we read Genesis, and what do we see in Abraham? Oh, what we see in Abraham, we see a man who was fearful. He was afraid. He was afraid for his protection, and he was afraid for how he was going to be taken care of, his future. We see in Abraham a man who in Genesis 15, 1, God had to reassure and said, wait, Abraham, wait. And he says in Genesis 15, 1, fear not, Abram. Fear not, Abram. Why? He's afraid. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield. What's he afraid of? His protection. And thy exceeding great reward. In other words, his provision. So, We look further in Genesis and we see, boy, this is a man who, because he was so afraid that he would be killed, 
the supposition comes to his mind that he's going to be killed for his wife's sake. And really, there was no indication of that before, but he, he just gets his fear, just grips him, paralyzes him, and he's going to be killed because his wife is so beautiful. And so what does he do? He lies not once, but twice. And he gets his wife to lie as well and to say that she's only a sister. Puts his wife in great jeopardy. She gets taken. Why? Fear. A man of fear. And what do we see in Isaac? Well, the record that we see in Isaac is we've got a record of a coddled mama's boy. That's what we see in Isaac. He's a mama's boy. He's a backboneless, weak man who when the Philistines came and filled up his wells, which he needs for life, the water, the water, 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 and the Philistines come and they fill it up with dirt. And so what does he do? Does he stand up and say, you're not doing that, and clean out his wells and, and go and take a stand against the filthy? No! We don't see that. We see a backboneless, weak man who runs away. I don't want anything to do with conflict. Oh, take the wells. And that's not impressive. What do we see in Jacob? Oh, Jacob. Boy, Jacob. This is a conniver of connivers. A man who was a conniver who waits for his brother Esau to be so hungry for food that he takes advantage of him and he says, sell me your birthright, and he does that. A man who is not just a conniver, but he's a deceiver. He lies to his own father. He deceives his own father with the hair. On his, we won't talk about Rebecca now, but anyway, with the hair from the goats and the smell to be like Esau, and he comes and says, I am Esau. He lies to his own father and tells him he's his Esau. Why? Because he wants to trick his father into giving him the blessing that his father intended only to give to Esau. That's who we see in these in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A fearful man and a coddled, weak man, backboneless, and a conniving, deceptive man. Not a very impressive group of people, Lord. So our question is, why would God want to be called the God of Abraham? Why does God want to be called the God of a fearful man? Our question is, why would God want to be called the God of Isaac? Why would God want to be called the God of a backboneless, coddled, weak man? Why would God want to be called the God of Jacob? Why would God want to be called the God of a conniving, deceptive man? We say, no, Lord, no. Your name should not reference people who were fearful, backboneless, coddled, weak, conniving, and deceptive. Your name should reference men who were fearless, who were strong, who were brave, who were truthful, who were honest men. You should not be called the God of the fearful, backboneless, coddled, weak, conniving, deceptive. You should be called the God of the fearless, strong, brave, and truthful men. So we say, Lord, you sure you really want to choose to have your name be associated with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Do you really want to do that? Then we notice four words in verse 15 where it says, And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Those four words, this is my name. With those four words, we realize that God has made his choice. It's not up for discussion, as far as God is concerned. It's not up for debate. He certainly, there's no doubt associated with it. God has stated with those words, this is my name, that it is a decision that's made, it's done. 
And he says, write it down if you want. My name is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So with those words in verse 15, this is my name, we step back and we say, okay, okay, but why? Why? Why in the world would God want to choose for his name to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? And then we step back and we say to God, Lord, if you want to have your name be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, why not just have the name for a limited amount of time? I mean, after all, Lord, you are eternal. You just told us you are the I am. You are the God of eternity past. You are the God of eternity future. And these men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they lived on earth for an infinitesimal, limited amount of time. So, Lord, why don't you just have that name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob just be for a limited amount of time? How about a set amount of time and you have the name, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Then after the time, then you don't have it anymore. And then the answer comes to us in two little words in verse 15, where again we read, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. So the two words, forever, God replies, no, it's not going to be a temporary name for me. No, this is my name forever. And so then we say, why? We don't get it. Why? Why would God want to have the name of the fearful Abraham, the God of the the fearful Abraham, the God of the backboneless, coddled, weak Isaac, the God of the conniving, deceptive Jacob. Why would he want that name for all eternity? And the answer tells us so much about who God is. The answer makes us say, Michael, or in the Hebrew, Michael. Michael, me in Hebrew is the word who. So an L is the word God. So Michael, or Michael, means who is God? Or who is like God? Who is so great? as God is. Who is so amazing? He certainly is amazing. We've gotten that part right. Who is so amazing as God? Who is so stunning as God? Michael is a term of worship, intelligent worship. It's like the word hallelujah, which means praise God, praise the Lord. It's a term of intelligent worship. Intelligent because we look, we think, we find out, we understand with our intelligence. So why would God want his name to be forever the God of the fearful Abraham, the God of the backboneless, coddled, weak Isaac, the God of the conniving, deceptive Jacob? Why? Because in Jehovah Jesus, the lost, fearful Abraham became the saved, brave Abraham who offered his only son without fear because he was fully persuaded in God's ability to give life to the dead change. Why? Because in Jehovah Jesus, the lost, back, boneless, coddled, weak Isaac became the saved, strong, brave Isaac who rose up off his deathbed to willingly give the birthright to God's chosen man, Jacob, and to say, I was wrong about Esau. And I have now bravely confessed that to God and gotten on God's page and now I willingly give the birthright to God's chosen man, Jacob. Why? Because in Jehovah Jesus, 
the lost, conniving, deceptive Jacob became the saved, truthful, honest Jacob, who also on his deathbed proclaimed to the world that through his son Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, God in the flesh, would come into the world. Why? Because of the change that happened in Abraham. Because of the change that happened in Isaac. Because of the change that happened to Jacob. Because they didn't stay the way they were. They became great because of God. And God's so thrilled with that. With how these men were changed from what they were in themselves, but what they became through Jehovah Jesus, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God took a lost Abraham, a lost Isaac, a lost Jacob, and made them a saved Abraham, a saved Isaac, a saved Jacob. And for all eternity, God wants to be called, I am the God who changed Abraham. I am the God who changed Isaac. I am the God who changed Jacob from lost to saved, from death to life, from a destiny of hell to a destiny of heaven, from being a nothing to being a great person. God says his name is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and that's going to be his name forever because every time throughout eternity God is called by that name, it's another proclamation that God's character is to take a bad thing and make it good. Because God's character is to take a nothing and make something. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob never could have become what they were without God. They became men of faith because of God. They became righteous because of God. Heaven's door was open to them because of God. And each of those men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were lost without God. And each of those men were saved by God. And all of that fact, because of God, because of God, by God, all of that fact is the reason why he has chosen his name to forever be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It shows us how much God wants to save lost men. Like us, we were lost. God wanted to save us. God wants to add each person's name to his name that he has saved. God wants John, for example, to come to him, as John is nothing in himself, but God wants to save John. God wants to make John a man of faith. And then for all eternity, God wants his name to be, I am the God of John. That's who God is. That's his character. And when we see that, then we go back to the name Michael, and we say, Michael, who is like God from verse 15? That's my name forever. Michael, who would, it, who would be this way? Only God. That's why God has chosen his name to be forever the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when God chose his name forever to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God was saying forever that he wants to be known as the God who saved Abraham, changed him. The God who saved Isaac and changed him. The God who saved Jacob and changed him. He wants to be known as the God who saves. And God wants to be the God of our name. And he wants to be able to say, I'm the God who saved him. I'm the God who changed him. That's why he chose his name forever to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And by choosing that to be his name forever, he's telling us who he is, who God is. You know, there was a name. It's interesting. 
there was a name given to him by his enemies of all people. Can you imagine? And they said in Matthew eleven nineteen, they were speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. So when God finally comes in the flesh, after so long and everybody's waiting, and he finally comes in the flesh as the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens? His enemies see him, and they see him. What do they see him doing? He's reaching out his hand in friendship to hated publicans, tax collectors, and sinners. And what do they do? They give him a name. They call him a friend of publicans and sinners. That's the name given to him by his enemies. And when God heard that, we can imagine God saying, I'll take that name. I'll take that name forever. You bet. We can imagine saying, God, who is a friend of publicans and sinners, that sounds good to me. Make that my name forever. Because God was a friend of the sinners, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, God chose his name to be forever the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In another very similar instance, his enemies said what they thought was derogatory words, which is also the first case, they said to him in Luke 15, 1 through 2, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. That's a name. Receiveth sinners. That's another name given to him by his enemies. And when God heard that, the same thing. We can, hear, we can imagine that God says, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that name forever. We can imagine God saying, the God who receives sinners, that sounds good to me. That'd be my name forever. That's good. Why? Because God received the sinners, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, God chose for his name to forever be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When his enemies saw him go into the house of the Jewish tax collector, Zacchaeus, because he was a tax collector, and it was typical in those days for tax collectors to abuse and overuse their power and to collect more than was actually due by Rome and then to pocket the rest, he was hated as a publican. He was hated, this Jewish tax collector, Zacchaeus. But when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ go into his house, they said in Luke 19, 7, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. A guest with a man that is a sinner. That's another name. It's another name given to him by his enemies. And God hears that. We can imagine saying, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that name forever. We can imagine God saying, the God who is a guest of sinners sounds good to me. That'll be my name forever. So Why? Because God was the guest of the sinners Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, God chose for his name to forever be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Those names of the God who receives sinners, the God who was the guest of sinners, they describe for us what we see God doing in Revelation 3.20. What does it say? It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So what does it mean when he says that? It says that he is the man who receives sinners. See, will sup with him and he with me. And he is the one who is the guest of sinners and he's the friend of sinners. That's the picture in Revelation 3.20 of the Lord knocking at the door saying, let's be friends 
receive me, I will receive you. Open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. So these are God's names. He's the God who is the friend of publicans and sinners. He is the God who receives sinners. He is the God who is the guest of sinners. And those names are all encompassed in the name, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, which God has chosen to be his name forever. And that name, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, expresses what the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke 19.10, speaking of the mission statement for his life, when he said, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. The name of God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob expresses that God is seeking to save that which is lost. He's looking for every lost sinner to save them, to change them. And the Lord Jesus Christ expresses this in this mission statement that he gives about himself. And we're going to continue on this thought in our next lesson as we're going to go through and to see the key, very important three parables that he spoke to communicate this truth that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because he sought lost Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to save them just as he wants to seek, just as he is seeking and wants to save every person who has Revelation 3.20 says, he's knocking at the door, he's waiting for those, every sinner, every lost sinner to hear the voice open the door because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for revealing that you are the friend of sinners, the guest of sinners. Lord, you are the one that receives sinners, and therefore you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Help us, Lord, to have this knowledge of you embedded in our hearts so that we'll be like you and we'll also, Lord, proclaim you to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who receives sinners. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Now, maybe you missed the Creation and Earth History Museum's Museum Day this past week. Well, Tom Cantor would like to still personally invite you to come out to the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. It's just outside San Diego, California, and it's the world's first creation museum. It's the second largest in the country, and Tom Cantor would like you to see this expanded Creation and Earth History Museum that he is the owner and operator of. Now, you'll be able to take a biblical journey through time and see science and the Bible match up through scientific and historical observation, which makes the Creator an unavoidable issue to lost people. Now, the museum has a six days of creation, which is incredible, showing from day one all the way to day six of creation. We also have some other amazing exhibits, such as the Star Room, the Age of the Earth Cave, and Dinosaur Gardens. We've also got knee-high exhibits for children. Now, this museum, we're constantly expanding. As a matter of fact, we've added a new life-size sight and sound tabernacle theater display. The presentation's done by Tom Cantor, and it's the most unique and one-of-a-kind display of the tabernacle that can't be found anywhere else. Now, the Creation and Earth History Museum is open in Santee, California, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Admission's always free. Guided tours can be requested for large groups and for small groups, and you can find out more information or take a virtual tour online by going to the Creation and Earth History Museum website at creationsd.org. That's creationsd.org. Or you can call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. 
1-800-247-3051. And remember, the Friendship with God radio program messages by Tom Cantor are always available for free listening and free download at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. We've also got an online form where you can sign up for a free gospel gift to reach a lost Jewish person. So go to friendshipwithgod.org, sign up for that free gift. You can also sign up for the Tom Cantor Friendship with God newsletter as well as his daily devotional verse, friendshipwithgod.org, or call us at 1-800-247-3051. Now, Tom Cantor thanks you for listening to the Friendship with God radio program, and we'd like to hear more from you about what you like about the Friendship with God radio program. So we'd like to offer Tom Cantor's email so that you can speak to him or give him any feedback on the program or ask him any questions. You can contact Tom Cantor by sending an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom Cantor, C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Email him, give him some feedback on what you like about Friendship with God. He'd like to hear from you. Now you can also write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330. That's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071, 92071. So write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. He'd love to hear from you. Or again, send him an email at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Now you can also find Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program on Facebook. And there you can receive Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse on Facebook. So again, go to Facebook, look for Tom Cantor, Israel Restoration Ministries, or the Friendship with God radio program. And there you can get Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse posted every day. You can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up with our online forum for that daily devotional verse as well. And again, we have our other website, israelrestoration.org. Or you can call 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening and join us again next week.